welcome to the Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Welcome to Zig Ziglar's Inspire Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Lindsay. Today's lesson sure is a classic from Zig. He is talking to an audience on how to continue courting your mate after you've been married a while. In particular, how to divide up all the tasks that need to be done around the home. Let's turn Zig up and I'll be back in a few minutes. W.H. Davis says that passion may be blind, but to say that love is, is a libel and a lie. Nothing is more sharp-sighted or sensitive than true love in discerning as by an instinct the feelings of another. A man and his wife who had been married over 50 years had their first quarrel. That night he wrote her a little note, my darling bride, let's put off quarreling until after the honeymoon is over. Your devoted husband. On the other side of the scale, according to UPI, in New York, a bride ran over and killed her husband just a few hours after the wedding. She was 21, he was 23, and according to the county district attorney, they had been to a bar for the reception, got into a violent argument, and literally she ran over him and killed him right after the reception. Now that kind of brings us up to a point, and that is that alcohol, as I mentioned earlier, is a contributing factor to so many difficulties in marriage. One of the first things I would encourage you to do, give it a shot. If you're having difficulties in your marriage and you drink even casually, leave it alone for 20 or 30 years and see if that doesn't help it a whole lot. Actually, if you'd leave it alone for 20 or 30 days, I think you would see a substantial change there. Every couple will experience some conflict. After all, as marriage expert Norman Wright points out, couples who have developed harmony are not those who are identical in thinking, behavior, and attitudes. They are not carbon copies of each other. They are the couples who have learned to take their differences through the process of acceptance, understanding, and eventually complementation. Now, fellas, you might be shocked at my next statement, but... Basically, one of the major problems in marriages, men are just spoiled. Now, don't misunderstand. I'm not going to get into husband bashing, but most of us were raised by our mothers, who obviously was a woman. We had a relationship with her. Our teachers were women. We've been around them a lot, and in most cases, they have kind of catered to us and pretty well spoiled us. I mean, you look at all of the things that go on. 
The husband has to get up early for a jog. After all, he's got to stay in shape. His health's important. The wife really doesn't have uh, that much to do. All she's got to do is dress the kids, prepare breakfast, take them to the uh, daycare center and that sort of thing. Now, obviously, if the budget is tight, he might have to delay getting the new shotgun for a while, but not very long because things never are just right for that kind of a thing. If the wife is inclined to come in after work and she does a lot of the things, and I'll talk a little bit about this a few minutes from now, she takes on the major responsibilities in the house. And as a result, she ends up being pretty tired. The husband sits down and relaxes in most cases far more than the wife does. And then the uh, get ready for bed. The wife's exhausted. The husband is rested and relaxed. And his dad and his grandfather both explained to him that sex was his right. Okay, all right, I'll admit, in a lot of cases I'm overstating it, but let's do a little look in here because love is an action verb. The studies show that the typical wife who also works works 15 more hours at home than the husband does. And most of the work that the husband does is something the kids could do. In other words, he does not assume a whole lot of the responsibility that he really should be assuming. According to the Rand Corporation, 80% of the shopping, laundry, and cooking, and about two-thirds of house cleaning, dishwashing, child care, and paperwork is done by the wife. Let me read a couple of letters to you. These were in the Dallas Morning News, and it led me to a thought, a, an idea. Good friend of mine, Ted Lamb, who owns a Chevrolet dealership out in Prescott, Arizona, every couple of years changes things in his dealership. For example, he will let the service department run the accounting department and vice versa. He will let the sales department take over the management department. They'll just swap jobs. At the end of one month, everybody there is so excited about getting back to doing what they know how to do. I challenge you as husbands and wives so that you'll get a handle on whether this situation exists in your home. You swap jobs. Now, I don't think the men can handle it for a month, uh, but I would encourage you to do everything, swap jobs completely for just one week. Now, I'm talking about where husband and wife both work. Now, ladies, I know you're liable to get awful hungry. You're liable to uh, have a lot of difficulty around there, but I encourage you to at least give it a shot. Listen to a couple of these letters. From the day we got married, we have pretty much split the duties, except for laundry. If she cooks, I do the dishes. If I cook, she does the dishes. I vacuum and dust. She does the bathrooms. I mow the lawn. She does the flower beds. The most important thing is that neither of us keeps score of who has done what. So you guys who don't help, why not try? I have more time with my kids. Our house is relatively clean, and our marriage is as strong as ever. Interesting letter. Here's another one. 
I am a man who does more than half of the housework. Many of the articles that proclaim that women do 75% of the work make the mistake of equating the time to do a task with the difficulty of that task. Most woman chores occur frequently but are relatively easy to do. I have yet to work up a sweat while doing dishes. On the other hand, most man chores occur irregularly but involve a good deal more effort. As a postscript, I recognize the difference between philosophical purity and real life, and so in the interest of domestic tranquility, I willingly perform half of the household chores. Smart man. Listen to this. When economic necessity forced me back into the workforce, I made two important changes. A job that was done by him was not criticized, overseen, or redone by me. If it's not exactly as I would do it, I can live with that. At least I'm not doing it. If I looked around and saw myself working while they loafed, I swished my fanny in there and sat down with them. I answered the question, what's for dinner? Where's my blank with a breezy, haven't the foggiest notion? No lectures, no nagging, just genial refusal to act as an unpaid servant. They learned. I kind of get a charge out of that. But the reality is marriage is a partnership. We need to work together. We need to be sensitive to the other person's needs. At my home, the redhead does 98% of the work in the home for two reasons. First of all, I'm gone an awful lot. And second, she's so much more skilled at it than I am. Now, I know some of you ladies listening are going to say, well, now, what's that you just said? Let me finish what I'm saying. When I'm around, and I am around for these occasions most of the time, I always bring in the groceries. I always take out the garbage. When we have had a meal there, when we've had guests over and we've used the roaster and the heavy cookware, I always clean that. When we have dinners at our home, which we generally do uh, several times a year, I also help with the setting up of the table and all of the other things. But she basically is in charge. And you know, that's something a lot of us men don't quite understand. The difference in doing something is versus being in charge of it. I hope she will tell you that I'm more sensitive to that today than I was a number of years ago. In many marriages, it ends up to a bookkeeping arrangement where they keep score on who did what for who at what particular time and why did they do it and why didn't you do more for me? The reality is when we understand the story of the little guy who was confronted by the three bullies, any one of whom could have obliterated him, and it looked like they were going to do that. So the little guy, pretty smart little boy, took a little stick, drew a line on the ground, backed up five or six paces, and said to the biggest of the bullies, now you just step across that line. Well, the big bully confidently stepped across the line. The little guy smiled and said, now we're both on the same side. It starts with that in husband and wife. We're now both on the same side. This is not my chair or my turn or my money or my den or my book. 
it is ours together. And what we need to do in a togetherness routine, we don't need to worry about keeping score. Well, I've already discussed about the fact that sometimes you've got to make some conversation about that in order for it to be worked out because sometimes us being human, we will step over the line. But when we love and understand and are sensitive to the needs of the other, that this is ours, not mine, not yours, it's ours, then that problem, as a general rule, will either be so small that it's not even worth discussing, or it will be disappearing altogether over a period of time. Well, I want to ask you men, did Zig hit a nerve with you today? Is there something we need to do to help our wife? How about you wives? Are you keeping score or feeling overburdened? You know, in a good partnership, there needs to be that open communication. So how about letting your mate listen to this podcast and you can start a conversation today? I'm Blake Lindsay, encouraging you to live your life to the fullest. Ziggler. Ziggler. Inspiring true performance.